<clears throat> Good afternoon. It's wonderful to see, see everyone here. Thank you so much for choosing to be here to make the decision to, to be here to worship God in truth and in spirit and to study God's word and to sing songs of praise unto our God and a fellowship here with each other. It's a wonderful blessing for us to have this, this opportunity, this time for us to be here to study God's Word. As we mentioned this morning, that every time that we open God's Word and we study, we are benefited from it. And I hope that the things that we study this afternoon will be a benefit to you and will help you grow in your, in your walk with, with Jesus. As I, as I said this morning, it's wonderful to be back here in Texas. It's wonderful to be back home. I don't like airplanes. I don't like airports or anything that has to do with the air in general as far as traveling goes. So... It's wonderful to be back home, so, and, 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 I'm, and I'm happy and I'm blessed to, to, uh, to be here to also have this opportunity to speak to you as well uh, from God's Word. I have most of the verses up here on the board for you. There'll be a couple times where we will turn to the Bible and read it together, so I encourage you to have one handy there as we turn to the Scriptures and we look at the Scriptures and we study God's Word, to get, word uh, here together. The topic that I would like us to study this afternoon is... As I turn the PowerPoint on, we will study it. <clears throat> it's what to do about sin. As Nathan <laughs> mentioned this morning, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is something that Christians must deal with every day. And I would like us to study this sinful topic here of, of sin, anyways, of not, not from a standpoint of someone who's outside of Jesus Christ, but people who are in. Those that have as studied the, the gospel, have heard it, believed it, and have been baptized, as we spoke on this morning. Those that are Christians. Because many times I believe there are people, or there's some people that think, that once they have heard that gospel, they believed it like was taught this morning, and they become those Christians, that sin is just gone. It's nothing they have to worry about ever again. And brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ cleanses us from our sins, that we will study that this, this, this afternoon as well, that he has, not, has cleansed our sins on the cross through that blood. He is the atonement for us. But do we still deal with sin? Do we still deal with sinful situations? Can we still have sin in our lives? Absolutely. It is something that we face daily. What do we do about it? Do we ignore it? Do we strive to combat it? Do we study about it? Do we ask other people to help us about it? Do we talk to each other here in this room about our sins? Even if it's sins of the past, if it's something that you haven't really reconciled, something that, that could creep back up in your life, what do you do about it? And I'd like us to talk about sin and what we do about it and how we combat that in our daily lives. The Bible tells in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, the Bible says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and the Word is not in us. Verse 9 there says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that is absolutely true. And we will, we will study that. We will talk about how that for the, for the Christian there, that Jesus Christ will do those things for us. But it's that first verse right there. That says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We all have sin. We all combat sin. We are faced with sin in our lives. But the real scary part are those words right there, we deceive ourselves. 
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. It's a scary thought to just know that you can deceive yourself. You can tell yourself that everything is fine. You can tell yourself that this is not sin when you know it is sin. You can trick and you can deceive yourself into thinking that you are fine. And maybe you're not. There are times where I have had sinful things in my life and I just ignored them. I thought it's not a big deal. It's not a big sin. And we can go to some scriptures and we can list out all kinds of sin. The scriptures list several things that I was like, well, I don't got this big one or this big one or this big one. I'm just disobedient or, or, or I lied about this or I've done one thing or another. And it wasn't until I thought about it and I went and I spoke with other people about it. Have you ever had this happen to you? And what's amazing is sometimes you can go to people for help or for cancel and they'll be like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I can help you fix this just like I was able to help myself or somebody help that person. And on and on it goes. And we will study those things as well. But I just want us to understand that we have sin. If we say we don't, we're, 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 we're pretty much lying to ourselves. It is something that we all must deal with. And how do we deal, deal with that? The Bible here says in Psalm chapter 44, verses 20 through 21, If we have forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Romans 2, verse 16, the Bible says, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Talking about there, Paul speaking. So the other thing about sin, especially sometimes for the Christian person, is, is they may think that, as I, as I mentioned there earlier, that it's not a big deal. It's something that can be ignored. It's something that can be a secret and that nobody knows about. Well, nothing is secret in the sight of God. God knows all. And if you think about it that way, it is not secret. It becomes something that must be dealt with. If you realize that this sin is not secret, that God knows about it, and God understands it as well, then you can realize that it is something that I must bring out and deal with. And that's what, what we're pretty much talking about this afternoon. How do we deal with those things? We all have these things that is not secret, that I, I, I may not know about it, or anybody else on earth may not know about it. But God and his son Jesus, they do. They know about it. And many times if you think about it that way, you might bring that to some other brother and sister who can help you. This is not secret from God. I need to get this out and, and deal with it. And people will help you do, do that as well. But we all have sin. We all must deal with sin. And sin is not secret. There's nothing secret from God. Turn with me, please, to Psalm chapter 51. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 51, verses 1 through 12. And we're actually going to stop by halfway through. Well, Psalms chapter 51, and, and I want to encourage you to bookmark that or kind of hold that spot because we're, we're going to read some of these verses. And later in the lesson, we're going to come back to this same chapter and study and read some more. Well, Psalms chapter 51. Psalms chapter 51, I'm going to read all this chapter here, the first header here, as well as verse 1. It says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So that kind of puts our mindset about what we're, what we're talking about here. We understand that story. We understand what, what David has done here, and that's when these words are written. And the Bible says here in verse 1, Psalms chapter 51, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. 
Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in the, in the iniquity, sharpened in the, in the iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the, in the inward parts, and in the hidden part, and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. So we're going to stop right there. So we understand from, from, from the, 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 the beginning that David is writing this psalm because of sin, sin that he has committed. He has sent a man off to death so that he could have his wife and had committed adultery with her. So sin is right there. And, 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 and what David says here is that he acknowledges his sin and his sin is ever before him. Have you ever done something sinful and it's just always there or it's always in your mind? That you've done something you, that it's, it's just constantly there. There's things that I, that I could bring up now. Sinful things. It's always there. But what David is doing is David is knowing that he has sinned. He recognizes his sin because we all have sinned. And he's saying, I acknowledge my transgressions and, I, and it's ever before me. And he's laying it out there for, for God. And later on, as we study, he asked God to help him fix this problem. So the, the, uh, the good thing, and I almost used the word healthy there, but David understands the sin, and he's saying, I acknowledge the sin. It is right there before me, and he wants to deal with his sin. That's what's important. He's not, con- he's not concerning it's a secret, and if you study those verses, you know it wasn't a secret. Nathan knew about it. God knew about it, and David knew that they knew about it. So his sin was there. It was not secret. But the thing that David is doing is he is trying to deal with that sin. But David has sinned. Even someone who was King David, someone who was a man after God's own heart. But he had sin. But sin needs to be dealt with. Do you have a sinful or dirty environment? What, What I mean by that is that if you have sin in your life or someone has sin in your life, do you have an environment or a house, so to speak, that is encouraging that sin? Do, do you do things, hang out with certain people, watch certain things, do certain things as encouraging that sin? And, and many times we think of sin as dirty. And in the sight of God, it's dirty. It's unholy. It's unrighteous. God cannot touch or have anything to do with sin, for he is holy. But there are people there that have this sinful environment. And many times we can end up having that same kind of sinful environment, a house, so to speak, with many rooms that is your spiritual life. That's this house. That sometimes that house can be an environment that is encouraging sinful behavior. That you could be a rat-loving or have a rat-loving environment. Do you like rats? I do not. I think they're disgusting. Some people have them as pets. That's also disgusting. <laughs> Do you like mice or little rodents that get inside your house and you have to combat them? Do you like that? Do you enjoy that? I do not. And I have had to deal with that many times. I'm sure all of us have had, the, had that time when you've had to deal with those rodents in your house. It's not fun. It's upsetting. It is discouraging. It is dirty. Why are they there? 
Why are those, why are those mice there? Or if you need to, to picture it, rats instead. Why are rats in your house? Why are rats or mice in anybody's house? Probably because it's dirty. Many times that when, when I've had mice in my house, I've had to look like, oh, I didn't know that my child left that there on the floor or did this. And we had to start cleaning everything. And you find little mice holes, little mouse holes in your wall. What do you do? You get some steel wool possibly. You try to pass that up. You try to get it to where they stop coming in to your house because they're gross. You don't want rats. You don't want mice in your house. And if you want them as pets, you really don't. You shouldn't do that. Like these people here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 4, the Bible here says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truth breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, uh, uh, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. So here's a list of some sin, list of some sinful things. And here, the, the Bible says that these men are lovers of these things, lovers of their own selves, lovers of pleasure. Many times those loves lead into all those sinful types of behaviors. So if you think about it, they're rat lovers. They have that dirty, sinful environment, and they, they like it. They live a life, they hang out with certain people, they do things, and they say things, and they think things that encourages a sinful, dirty, rat-loving environment. Hopefully this is none of us, but it could be. There's always the possibility that if we have that clean house, that those rats and those mice can get in. When? When you are not cleaning like you should. When you are not paying attention like you should. Then it can happen to you, and it's a real deal. We must be diligent in those things. <clears throat> lovers of their own selves, lovers of pleasures, think of that as rat lovers. But we want a holy and a clean environment, not a rat-loving environment, but a God-loving environment. How do we do that? That, that, that many times in, in my life when I have found myself in that dirty, sinful environment, that my house has been overcome with mice. That's embarrassing, but now, now you all know. It's happened before. It's like it's probably happened to other people. What did, what did we do? Did we just come home and like, oh, it's dirty again. Those mice are just everywhere. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And just walking around. Woe is me. Woe is me. We had to roll up our sleeves and get to work. We had to clean. It's time to train our children better. It's time to clean better. You see that hole. You, you, you fix that hole. You set traps. You try to get rid of that sin rat and get it out of your house. And it doesn't just happen. It takes work. It takes effort. And also takes help. There's nothing wrong with asking someone for help. If you have sin in your life and you need to get it out, ask somebody for help, and we can help you. It's just the same as you've got rodents infested in your house. Get some help. Get somebody who may have that knowledge, that experience on how to get those things out. It's the same. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 19 through 21 says, Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide, and guard thy, guide thy heart in the way. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and the drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. So the main thing here, 
that it's, it's speaking of, so I'm trying to tell you how to be wise. I'm trying to tell you how to guard your heart, how to guide your heart in the way right here. And it says an extremely important three-word phrase, be not among. That here there are people out in that world that encourage that rat-loving, sinful environment. Should we be around those people? No. We should not be letting them influence our lives. And I don't mean from the standpoint to try to bring sinners to, to Christ. We understand that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about making those, those people, or, or, or like we spoke on the, the other Wednesday night, being equally yoked together with those people, following that same path as, as those people. And the Bible says simply, be not among them, because those people that are drunkards, that are riotous eaters of flesh, that is, that is a very terrible term. That is people that don't care, have no respect, are living in sin. That's what that means. Or, or, or prodigal living as well. So if you have that, that sinful environment and you're wanting to fix it, clean it up, what do you have in that environment? What's in your life? Is it people like this? Because if it is, you need to clean house, so to speak. Get with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Be involved more with them. Be around people that encourage that clean environment, and then you will have that clean environment. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through, and I go through 22, is a story that we understand and that we know. Mark chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running, and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest me thou good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. Continuing on there in verse 20. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these things have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up thy cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. So here, this man comes running to Jesus, telling him, hey, good master, I want to inherit eternal life. I want to do what is right. Think of it that he wants to have that perfect, pristine, clean environment. He wants to be holy. And Jesus says, says that, you, that you need to keep all these, these commandments. Keep these commandments. And, and then, then, then he says, Sir, I've kept all, all those things from my youth. Did Jesus dispute that? No. Jesus knew. Knew that he had kept those commandments. Because we behold him, Jesus loved him. He loved this man. Because he was doing good. But one thing thou lackest. There was one thing. It wasn't just because he had money or great possessions. It was because he coveted those things. And it was a sinful spot in his life. Brothers and sisters, if we have that sinful house, we have that dirty house that is encouraging those sinful rodents, so to speak, and you clean everything but that one back room, that one small little back utility room you just never got to, or there's just one small mouse hole that you just never got around to patching. You may have a clean house from every single room, but what's going to happen in that one room? It's going to be dirty. Will Ronus get in that one section of your life and then spread? Absolutely. 
You, you've seen it happen. You understand that. Make sure that when we are striving to clean that environment, we clean every room, every aspect of our lives, and we do it diligently because we're going to have to keep doing it, just like you do all the time with your normal house. Keep it clean. Keep a clean environment and lack not a single room, lack not a single hole. Patch every hole. And if you need help, ask someone to help you because there's not a single one of us in here that haven't patched a mouse sinful hole in our lives. We've had to do those things. And we can show other people how to do so as well. Psalms 55, verse 12 through 14, the Bible says, For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hateth me that, that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man my equal, my guide, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. That many times, if you have that sin in your life or you have that, that sinful environment and somebody goes and helps you, that's what you need. You need that person to let you know. It doesn't, you don't always need that one person that comes over and sees your dirty house and sees all that sinful life and he's like, everything's fine, you're, you're, you're doing okay. You might need somebody to be like, hey, you need to fix that hole in your wall. You need to fix that sin in your life. You need that person that you can counsel with. And I would encourage each and every one of us to have those people in our lives. That there's times that I've had people that I've opened up to, that talk to about some sin in my life, some things that have happening, and some ways that my patches aren't quite getting the job done. And then somebody's like, let me tell you how I patched that hole. And get that hole patched. Take that sweet counsel with somebody and let them help you. So if you're trying to have that clean environment, you need to make sure and see what's in that environment. Do you have trash everywhere? Do you have friends that are not good friends, good people? Clean those things up. Ask somebody for help and be diligent about it. Don't lack a single spot or a single room or a single hole. Now we go back to Psalms chapter 51, if you're still marked there. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 51 we're going to go ahead and start in verse 1 again. <clears throat> and the Bible here says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou, when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in the, in the iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create me a clean heart. O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. So here, not only does David kind of tell everything about his sin, he also says what that sin does to him. He says the bones that have been crushed, it's crushed him. This sin is a weight that he cannot carry. It is hard. He cannot do it. 
So what does he do? He goes to God. with. He says, God, help me. God created me a clean heart. God, restore me. And God can do those things. If you've got that, that sin in your, in your life and you don't know where to start, you want to get that environment clean, take it to God in prayer. Go to prayer. Let him know what's going on. Let him know how it has hurt you, how crushed you are, and ask God for wisdom that he will help you and restore you. Turn with me to Acts chapter 8 now, please. Acts chapter 8, beginning of verse 9. <clears throat> Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 9. <clears throat> and the Bible says, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This, is man, this man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that of a long time he bewitched them with sorceries. But when they, when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Verse 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, for as yet it was, it was fallen upon none of them, only that they were baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus. Then lay their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money, that thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this of thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee, for I perceive that thou art in the guile of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. So Simon the sorcerer here is a great example of what we've been talking about and studying this afternoon. That he had that sinful, rat-loving environment. He was a sorcerer going about bewitching people. They all said that he was some great one. He had that fame, and he coveted that fame, and he was going about doing all these things. But then what happens? He hears the word of God. He heard the gospel that we heard this morning. He heard those things. He believed those things. He was baptized in those things. He started to clean up that environment. He started to get that house clean. He started to make sure that all the trash was picked up and all the mouse holes or rat holes were sealed in Simon's house. He had a clean house. But then he kind of lapsed there. He saw some power there, the apostles laying their hands and giving, and, and giving people that power to do miraculous gifts of the Holy Ghost. And he wanted that power. And just before he offered the money, you could almost hear a little squeak, a little squeak, something's coming in his house again because he wasn't diligent. And that sinful rat crept in right there. And that's when the, <laughs> the apostles 
told him, thy heart is not right with God. It was just a little while ago. It was that quick. And this could have been a span of months or years. I'm not sure of the timeline. But regardless, he had a clean, holy environment. And all of a sudden, it wasn't. He had maybe one room, two rooms in there. He wanted that, he wanted that power. And he was willing to pay people for the gift of God. But here's the great thing. The apostles, just as I talked about, ask someone to help you. You realize you're in that situation. You need help cleaning that house. Get some help. The apostles said, here's what you need to do. You need to repent and pray to God that you are, will, will be changed, that your heart will be right. And then Simon took it a step further and said, you pray for me too. You pray for me too that this sinful rat that just crept into my life again, that I, I thought was gone, pray that it is gone. Help me. And I, and, I, and, and, I, and I assume he cleaned his house up. He got that holy environment back. And he had some help doing it. So you see, it can happen to any one of us if we are not diligent in keeping that spiritual environment the way it should be. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, the Bible says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Just as we talked about earlier, take it to Jesus. That what, that's what David did. David took his sin to God. I have sinned. It has crushed me. It is before me. I'm laying it out. Help me. But sometimes we have that sin. We have that secret sin that we think is secret. And we say things like, nobody understands. Ian can't understand what I'm going through. There's nothing that he understands that I am going through. For one, if you think that and you go ask for counsel, you may be surprised. People may understand very well how to help you clean your environment. But one thing is absolutely true. Jesus does know. Jesus understands. Jesus was in all points tempted, yet with like, like as we were. He understands. He understands having that sinful environment and the cleaning of that environment and then almost having a sinful environment again. He knows that cycle. He knows that process. And he knows how to help you fix that process. Jesus understands. And finally, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 through 2, the Bible says, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is, is the <laughs> propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. If you find yourself in this, in this situation, brothers and sisters, use these things that we've talked about this afternoon. Get that trash out. Keep that environment clean. Ask someone to help you, and make sure that it is diligent so you don't have any room lacking in your house. And understand that if you do sin, you have Jesus Christ. He is always there always available to listen to you and to help you that you be cleansed from your from your iniquities you can purge yourself from that sin and this afternoon if you are having those problems if you are having that cycle going on in in your life and you need the prayers of the church just like simon did he not only did he repent and pray to god himself he asked them to pray for him as well and we are here to, uh, to assist you with that. Just anything that we can pray for you or, or, or with you. Or if you're not a Christian and you wish to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To have your sins washed away that you can arise and walk in newness of life and start that path. We would encourage you to do so. If there be anyone here, we'd ask that you to please come sit on the front pew. Make your wishes known as we stand and sing.